Welcome to the Memory Distillery, everyone. I'm Anthony Veneri. And I'm John Deck. And each week we will malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits of our past in the form of long-loved media. Yeah, so we're going to change things up a little bit. When we first started doing the Memory Distillery, uh, we were trying to figure out kind of what our, our angle was. One of the ideas was... Uh, to review movies and TV shows. And, you know, as we started going through it, we go, well, it's hard to do TV shows because do you do a whole series and then do you do it all in one go? And we're doing like a weekly show. So how does the scheduling work? So we decided to scrap TV shows and just go with movies instead. That's how we got the show that we have today. Uh, but we thought it would be fun to maybe not do a, a TV series based thing like we're not going to change the format of the show necessarily but we thought it would be fun to do maybe a, a top five or, or a, a favorite five uh, kind of episode and so that is what you are hearing right now yeah and something you'll all notice as we go through and share our thoughts here we're not looking at this as like some exhaustive list of the top five shows we've ever watched that ever existed, blah, blah, blah. No, we're, no. we're just, I, I will likely revise this <laughs> list immediately after this recording. Yeah. Done. We we're just bringing five TV shows that we just want to talk about. It might be one of our favorite of all time, or it might just be something that right now is just tickling our funny bone and we just got to talk about it. So, I mean, with that in mind, I think it'd be fun maybe to just kind of go back and forth and we each share one and just, Tell a little bit about why we why we love it. Yeah, I love it. Do you want to kick us off? Or? Oh, you know I do. All right. The first item on my list, I just want to get out of the way. It's something that, if you know me at all, is going to come as no <laughs> shock whatsoever to you. In fact, I've probably mentioned it on the Memory Distillery at least half a dozen times. Um, so I'd hate to break with tradition. I am going to qualify and say this is, in fact, what I consider to be the best television show of all time. No irony, no sarcasm, no nothing. It's straight up the best. And that is Avatar The Last Airbender. Does that shock you, Anthony? Not even a little bit. In fact, <laughs> I, I have an envelope here because before the show, I wrote down the name of a show that I thought was going to be first and it, it, that it was going to be your favorite. And I've, I'm opening the envelope now. I'm taking the piece of paper out. Wait, I see it. It says, behold, Twin Pe- it, it says Twin Peaks. I see it. It does not say Twin Peaks, you oh. liar. Why what would you it? say that to our audience? What is it? What is it? I'm reading it upside down. You can what does see it, say? it says Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, yeah. Upside down, it looks like Twin Peaks. Turn it upside down real quick. Oh, oh, sorry. See, isn't that weird? There we anyway, go. Anyway, you can no, try that home later, I'm kids. actually turning it upside down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is weird. Okay, so here's my, my elevator pitch. This is why I love this show. This is why I try desperately to force friends and even acquaintances to watch this show because... Quite simply, I've yet to find someone who doesn't like it. Even people who say, I don't really like animation. I don't like kids' things. It doesn't really, it's not my sort of thing. Even the most staunch uh, people who are just like, no thanks, they end up either kind of loving it or really loving it by the time they're done. And the the whole premise, if somehow you're under a rock and don't know what this is about, it's supposedly 
a Nickelodeon kids animated show aimed at like, you know, a 12 to 15 year old audience. I, I think that's rather deceptive. It's, it's great for anyone. And as an adult who's approaching, I don't know, 70 or whatever I am, it's like, it keeps getting better and better after each rewatch. You have a child, a 12 year old child who learns the fate of the world is in his hands that he tried to run away from his responsibilities as the avatar, the embodiment of, of spiritual and elemental power in this world. And it was too much for him as a kid. Uh, ran away. hundred years later, he's comes kind of to realize, you know, the, the dire situation the world is and everything's chaos. The, the fire nation is on the verge of taking over the world and killing everybody who disagree with them. And, and basically this kid is told, you have to stop this because you're the avatar. That's your responsibility. And the only way to do that is to kill the Fire Lord, the, the head guy of the, the Fire Nation. He won't listen to reason. There, There's no there's no way, way around this. You just, you're just you going to have to flat out kill him, and that's your job. And so you have this 12-year-old happy-go-lucky boy, a, a pacifist monk who was raised to not only you know avoid violence when possible, but just with a, a sweet kind of innocence who you know, with a, a certain wisdom as well. It just wants to find common ground and find ways to to avoid what seems to be inevitable, which is to flat out murder this guy who's trying to destroy the world. And it's just fascinating me to go through this entire show and and to watch the central premise uh, unfold as this kid has to learn to try to come to grips with the impossible, you know, what goes against everything he believes in. But in the meantime, you have just an amazing cast of characters who I won't even get into it, but just so many different uh, supporting characters and plots and stories. And, and the, the character development is just beautiful. It, it really ramps up nicely. And you see many different people go on journeys where they interact with each other and on their own. And, and you see this maturation and growth as they come to see what's going on in the world around them. And and then within the show itself, the the mythology of all these powers based upon different elements of fire, earth, uh, air, and earth, fire, earth, earth, and earth and air <laughs> and water, <laughs> all of them, all 12 of them. But like it has a uh, great animation. It has amazing martial arts and memory distillery listeners know that I do like a good martial arts movie and all of the different elements that are used in the show are each based around an actual martial art. And they had uh, different martial art masters uh, come in and work with the animators to make sure that they understood the different forms and how they fought. So everything is based with this feeling of authenticity. Um, so like, you know, if you're a waterbender and you're using the water element, you all, you're practicing Tai Chi and these, what your movements and martial arts are based on. Um, so they each have their own very distinct, different style. But that also transfers over to their personality as well. And so you just have all of this going on. It's so complex, so layered. And it's it's got elements of of, of real darkness, of, of of just hopelessness, you know, these 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 emotions that are overwhelming, but it's also fun and hilarious and weird and you know, you just have so many different layers to what is supposed to be just a simple you know, Nickelodeon kids show that I find transcend all that. And I be 100% honest with you. Every time I rewatch this, there's at least, I don't know, nine or 10 times where I like tear up because I'm just so 
touched by the story and the connections, especially uh, between, you know, Uncle Iroh and, and Zuko, his nephew. They have a really great relationship. There's just so much going on. Um, so, yeah, so that's my that's me keeping it brief uh, as the first thing I want to bring to the table, because I feel I just wouldn't be my authentic self if I didn't lead off saying if you've never seen this, it's on Netflix. You gotta watch it. I'll watch it with you. We'll watch it somehow. Like, trust me, it's just a wonderful experience. And I'm always up to rewatching it for a millionth time. So you called this an elevator pitch. This elevator is in the Burj Khalifa, the, Some, the tallest building on the planet. Or it's a slow elevator. I just had a discussion today that I used to work at a building in San Francisco that had a very slow elevator. And I was always afraid there'd be an earthquake while I'm in this slow elevator. So, <laughs> I mean, so, as, as slow as that elevator probably was, there was always that chance. Yeah. Now, have you seen Avatar The Last Airbender? I have seen Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. And they're both incredible shows. I mean... The, the animation style is 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 wonderful and the stories that they tell and and the way that they use martial arts it's all just it's it's a really really great show I, I fully endorse uh, what John says go and watch it absolutely it's it's well worth uh, the the time that you'll take to watch it outstanding well how about you uh, launch uh, give us a little window into your soul and just give us one of your picks sure i think i'll go with my one animated pick since you went animated uh invader zim uh <laughs> was a a uh, it was three seasons that it went uh it was on nickelodeon and it's uh it's about an alien that comes to conquer earth uh but he's he's very short all of his uh the the, the ranking system on his plum planet is by who's tallest. So the tallest of the leaders and the shortest are the, uh, the, the peons and he's pretty short. Uh, so he gets sent to earth and disguises himself as a school student and, uh, hilarity ensues as, uh, the school children, you know, find him out and try to turn him in one in particular. Uh, and he has a little robot who is, uh, hilariously destructive. The whole thing, like, so, Invader Zim came from the mind of Johnny Vasquez, who did uh, uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and Squee. Those are the two that I really knew him from. Uh, but he's such a talented artist, and his stories are always dark and gritty and twisted, but somehow have uh, the, this comedy element thrown in that makes it, 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 they accentuate each other. So, like, you get the darkness, and you're like, wow, that really is really dark. But then the, the comedy adds to that and the darkness makes the comedy more funny it's it it's hard to explain outside of that but uh so much of what he has the characters doing is is just hilariously creative and and the the scenarios that he builds and and all of that it's it's just it's fantastic i'm not going to go super long-winded like john did about avatar the last airbender uh but okay i guess the end because John's clapping. I was clapping because of your restraint or your potential restraint. You're welcome. Have you watched Invader Zim? I have. Um, but hearing you talk about it kind of makes me want to rewatch because it, it, it's kind of vague. It didn't have the same impact on me that it did you. And I remember it being weird and interesting and, and, and fun. But, you know, not having a strong connection to it and only watching it the one time way back when it was first on, and it does make me very curious. See, that's the thing, too, is I've, I've probably watched the series through, I don't know, eight, eight or nine times now. 
uh, just because it's it's so funny and enjoyable to me. Uh, I haven't watched it in years, but it's it's something that like when my son hit the age where he started t- taking interest in certain animation styles or d- you know different genres of, of TV show, I introduced him to it and he he really enjoyed it as well. So uh, it was it was fun to go back and, and watch through again with him. Well, we have a cats uh, in the cradle and the silver spoon. <laughs> we have a a, a a friend who has listened to the show at least one and a half times, uh, named uh, Sir William Randall. And I wait, Bills listened to the show. In theory, we don't know, but the point is, uh, we've been I'm actually pretty shocked. We've been friends ten years or so, and it's taken me this long to finally force him to watch Avatar: The Last Airbender with me, and so. He has done so. He can't say he hasn't. He can say it, and he probably will, just to make me, you know, to fluster me. Um, but you, you heard it here. He enjoyed fair. it. So he has a few things he thinks he would change, but that's Bill. He's honorary like that. Yeah. Anyway. He's, um, he's an honorary old man. Invader. What's him. your next pick? Yeah, that's, that's I'm, I'm actually making kind of a, a note here to, to see about exploring Invaders. And is that streaming anywhere? Do you know? That's a great question. I'm going to check on Just Watch right now. By the way, if you guys ever forget where we say to watch things, uh, justwatch.com is a great the, the, the free endorsement for you guys. Just Watch, but uh, it's a great spot to uh, find out where stuff is available to stream. I actually have the Just Watch app. So listen to us. Yeah. We're like a, we should be getting paid to talk we about We should them. be getting paid. What? It's uh, streaming on Paramount Plus. Uh, or Nick Hits, if you have that. Uh, otherwise, it's available to rent on all the streaming rental services. So my pick, it, my next pick, is one that's been a favorite of mine for a, a long time. And it's one that I'm, out of all of these, I'm probably the most nervous about. And wondering if I did a rewatch right now, is it going to have, am I still going to be in love with it as I have in the past? I'm guessing... Yes, uh, because I embrace certain things about the show that are not necessarily perfect. Um, I just love all the elements of the show. And the show in question is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a good one. It's it's really a show that I feel. Oh, Sorry, that? I'm curious. I'm curious if I've even watched it all the way through. Come to think of it. Well, then that's your own fault. I mean, yeah, um, <laughs> obviously. The the first season is amazingly cheesy and like low production value, but it gives you this introduction, this immature introduction to these high school students. And I I enjoy it because of the setup, because of where, how deep and how how wonderfully developed the characters are later on. So to see them as kind of carefree, mildly annoying uh, high school students with kind of cheesy dialogue and weird situations. Okay. I tolerate it, but if someone's like, oh, I never got into it. I tried to watch like the first season and just it wasn't my it's like, OK, I now I understand. But the like like I was saying with the character, the development amongst them, the the way they somehow manage to keep things in the realm of interesting and, and entertaining with uh, plot lines that continue throughout multiple seasons. They're they're foreshadowing things like in the second season that don't come to fruit into the fifth season. Like there's things are just woven intricately throughout. You have a lot of different uh, characters who seem like they're going to be one-off characters who kind of weave their way into the mythos of the entire universe. And really this uh, is 
this first my first introduction to to Joss Whedon, although I mean he was writing for Roseanne when I was watching that, and I didn't know that. But as far as his own material, uh, this was my introduction to his world building. And there are just so many individual episodes that on their own are just standouts in production value and imagination and just wondrous storytelling. Uh, but the the heart that's present and the humor and the wittiness and the writing, there are just so many elements that are woven into this that are fresh and interesting and original that like I I mean I've rewatched it many times but I probably haven't sat down for rewatch for well over five years six years let's see oh my god it's like almost 2022 uh so I guess it's more <laughs> like you know nine or ten years since I oh, last watched it all the way through um sometimes I mean I've watched the musical episode on its own many times because in and of itself, it stands up as its own wonderfulness. But And I've watched other episodes here and there if I catch them in a hotel room or if I'm like just browsing around and, and, and you know, little bits and pieces because they're always fun. But for a straight watch through, it's been a, a, a long time. And, and that's why I was saying I feel a little nervous because I do know there's these maybe things didn't age well. Maybe the dialogue isn't as, as sharp and fun as I thought. Maybe it'll be a little more cringeworthy now. I don't know the answer to these things and <laughs> I might need to, to remedy that. But yeah, I, I adore the show. It's one of my all-time favorites and um, that's why I wanted to bring it to the table. I'm trying to remember. I know a few years ago, probably four or five years ago, I attempted to rewatch this and it got like, three quarters of the way through the first season i was just like i i put it down and i i I didn't pick it back up um the last time i watched it sort of on on a regular basis would have been early early 2000s like 2000 2001 uh you know doing a a rewatch like there was reruns playing on cable or something like that yeah uh so it's been a long time it's probably worth a rewatch i almost put a Joss show, a Joss Whedon show uh, on my list. I was going to go with Firefly, but I already had one failed show on my list, so <laughs> having two was probably uh, probably a little much. Well, speaking of failures, what's your uh, second show? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess we'd go with my failed show. So, uh, early to mid aughts uh there was oh by the uh, way sorry buffy is on i think both amazon prime and hulu right now oh awesome maybe i will check it out again give it another uh give it another go uh so in the early to mid aughts there was a a show on cbs called over there i'm sorry not over there jericho Mm -hmm. um jericho was a, a show about uh, a town in Kansas that uh, watched as a mushroom cloud uh, formed over uh, where they knew Denver to be uh, and come to find out that a bunch of nuclear bombs were set off all over uh, the United States and uh, including in DC. And so there was like a whole fracturing of government and it was basically the story of how this, uh, this small town uh survived and how things like what the aftermath was for them and and things like that and and one of the draws to it i think uh was not 
uh, Skeet Ulrich, who stars in the show, because I did not like him due to Scream, uh, <laughs> although he ended up growing on me in this show. Um, so this one is one that I instantly fell in love with, uh, mostly because it's easy to envision the scenario, and it hits all the marks of what you, not necessarily what you expect, but what is satisfying in that space. And so it talks about like the the immediate aftermath and the, the panic and the fear and then, you know, how how do we survive and what happens when the lights go out and, and all this other stuff, uh, like watching these survivors of this uh, this attack happen and, and, and the, the things that they uncover, uh, it, it's just, it's it, it was a great show to me and it, it got canceled after its first season, uh, and there was such a, a like a, a cult following to it that uh, this story this story is true. Uh, fans were mailing peanuts to CBS. They called the, so the fans called themselves nuts, and so they were mailing peanuts, like thousands and thousands of pounds of peanuts to the CBS studios, and demanding that they bring Jericho back for another season, which they did. Uh, and credited the nuts for that, and then it got canceled after its second season, unfortunately, as well. Uh, it continued on in comic book form for a, a quote unquote third season, but beyond that, there hasn't really been any movement. Like there was talk about Netflix picking it up, and it did, things didn't align; they couldn't get the rights from CBS or whatever. So, uh, but I have an affinity for failed shows. The aforementioned Firefly. Uh, there was a show on FX called Over There that I really liked that only went one season. Uh, it, it just because it came out at a bad time, it was in the middle, like right after the invasion, and like what it was, lo- it was supposed to be like over there, and people, it just didn't resonate with people very well. So, mm. uh, so yeah, have you ever, have you ever seen Jericho? Or I have a distinct memory of going to watch this after it had been out for a while, and I remember watching the first two episodes, and somebody can't remember who, uh. It seems like the sort of thing that Bill again might say. Um, <laughs> basically, I had said something to someone about the, the show and how I was. I was like, "Oh, it's an interesting premise," and and they're like, "Oh yeah, that thing got canceled. It's not worth watching. Like it, it just you know it never gets to where you want it to go and all this." And so I just dropped it and never bothered because you know you can only handle so much disappointment in your heart for so long, and uh, I didn't take that upon myself. So I never really got too far into it, although I. That sort of premise, if, if executed well, like I can really get into and enjoy um, what that does for like family and, you know, community dynamics and, and just that theoretical, you know, what would you do in this just insane situation and, and what would that lead to? And um, and you and I have chatted before just about enjoying like different alternate reality shows like Man in the oh, High yeah. Castle and things God, where Man in the High Castle um, is so good. Which neither of us put on our list, no. I don't think. But <laughs> but still, like those things are great to just be like, what if, and, and to, to go along for the ride. So I haven't watched that, and I probably won't watch it because of it not having a, a full arc to it. But still, I, it sounds like a, a good pick to me. Yeah, and if you're somebody who needs that that closure and that satisfaction at the end, it's probably not for you. Like, it definitely leaves a third season open at the end and it just didn't get picked up for it. So it, a lot of people were pretty pissed off about that. But I mean, that notwithstanding, like the story is great. The, the characters and, and the actors are great. Skeet, credit to Skeet Ulrich. 
Uh, Lenny James is in this. This is the first, I think this might be the first thing I saw Lenny James in. Uh, and he he's just fantastic. The comedian? No, <laughs> the comedian. <laughs> Lenny <laughs> Bruce. Oh. No, Lenny James, uh, you would know from The Walking Dead as like the first person that, uh, that Rick uh, encounters when he gets out of the hospital. Uh, he's, uh, he's a, a English actor, but he, uh, frequently stars in American TV shows as an American. His American accent's really good. So cool. What's your next one, John? Uh, well for my next one, I, I pick something, my only modern pick. Oh, that uh, sorry. Jericho is, if you are interested in watching it, uh, Jericho streaming on Paramount plus, uh, what's your next one, John? My next one. Uh, which is available on HBO Max, uh, is uh, the only modern pick of uh, of shows out there that's still ongoing. Um, it's maybe maybe at the very top of of what I enjoy in TV shows that have come out in the last year or two. It's just outstanding. I have so much fun with it. I, I think the special effects in it are mesmerizing and beautifully done. I love the acting and, and the different characters in it. Um, it's the show His Dark Materials. I've heard of this. I've not watched it. Oh, my gosh. You just need to watch it. Go to HBO. Put this. I'd almost say put this ahead of like Avatar The Last Airbender. Or, or I mean, you've already seen that. But really? Not not in overall quality, but because it's it's going on now. It's for people who can just get you know invested in a fantastical story with all these different depths of action and emotion and all these things going on but like from uh one of the main the i'd say the main character lyra she's a, a young girl um played by daphne keen who uh you may know from logan as the girl in logan oh like logan's daughter yeah as i don't know if they called her x23 in that or not but like but yeah that girl who i thought was awesome in logan um but she plays a far more nuanced character and it just knocks it out of the park. But you also have James McAvoy of Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, you have Ruth Wilson. You have like just a, an amazing cast. And it's just, it's like, I don't even want to describe what the content of the show is. Um, but I will say in terms of, uh, it, they tried to make a movie, Golden Compass, uh, Golden Compass movie. It was like based on the first book that the series is based on, and, and the movie was just really not good at all. Golden and, Compass is polar bear. Yeah, on the cover. Yeah, okay. Um, but the in this world, uh, people have uh like demons that are, and by demon, it's like uh a part of their soul that's like not inside their body, but lives in a a creature that accompanies them. Um, hmm. Almost like a familiar, uh, something along Ooh, that line. I like that idea, actually. And and the when you're a kid, the animal can morph and change and turn into different things. But once you mature and become an adult, it takes its final form, and that's what it stays as. And uh, and it's very, it, it's so clever and, and wonderful how they, it's so representative of people's personality. And you just like, oh yeah, and then it makes you think, oh, what would mine be? And like, it just gets you in that space. Mine and ended up being like a fucking sloth or something. It could be. So, you know, some of them are really fascinating that are like maybe as an animal you wouldn't think is like all that great. But um, but they can also speak with, you know, a uh, human voice. Um, and and some of them have some different uh, abilities or minor abilities that they're what they're able to do. But but just that. Oh, it's like Pokemon. 
it's a lot like Pokemon except different and better and shut up. <laughs> no, but like the special effects alone, the what HBO and the production company and what they've put into this to make it so normal to have ferrets and leopards and hawks and things interacting, flying around, speaking, and it never once feels like a special effect. It just feels genuine, like this is just this world. This is what these animals are. This is just amazing. And and it has such a wonderful, like, nuanced, uh, almost like a steampunk meets magic meets religious oligarchy meets, like, all these different things. And, and it's like, again, I'm not going to get too much in the details of it except to say it's just if you want an amazing fantasy story with just wonderful acting and just killer uh, characters, it's just so much fun. Go, go watch this. It's on HBO. Yeah, HBO thrives in the uh, the the effects department on that. Like you've, I know you've watched Westworld. If you watch mm-hmm. Westworld, like the effects that they have in that with like rebuilding the hosts and things like that, like it's pretty fucking wild what they can do with effects budget now. Westworld and Game of Thrones, and yeah, they they really set the bar high. Yeah, for sure. For my next pick, uh, which you can find on uh, Prime Video uh, as well as Peacock, uh, I went with House. Um, ah. Hugh Laurie uh, as a, an, an American doctor. Uh, Hugh Laurie is one of my favorite British comedians and actors. Um, he he's just, everything he does is just so he he's so funny, but he he can be so deadpan and do it perfectly um the show it's it's so bizarre like there's all these weird medical things that go on in the show and yet it doesn't really take you out of the moment when you get these bizarre uh diagnoses from from house because you don't know unless you're a doctor you don't know what's real and what's bullshit anyway like you you're just there watching him <laughs> verbally abuse his his it's, interns. It's probably uh, lupus. That's pro- it's never lupus. Um even when it is. Uh but he's he's such an asshole and he he like has this chip on his shoulder because of his disability and all this other stuff and he he's he's a great character with other great characters around him. And it it makes all the difference when you have a show like that. Like it's that's why this went for eight seasons, is because he just is a, an incredible character, and they the cast that they put together around him, uh, is is it, it's it's outstanding. And couple that like we've we talked about Sherlock Holmes. We we did Sherlock Holmes uh, on this show. The the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. There's so many Sherlock Holmes references and and Easter eggs and houses so much like Holmes, uh, so much so that his name is another name for Holmes. Uh, they they might as well have called it Holmes MD rather than House MD. Uh, but he has his Watson and and he has like all of these 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 all of his ticks and all of his mannerisms and all that other stuff is very Sherlock esque. Who's his Moriarty? Uh, is it himself? Uh, I, I guess, yeah, it must be. 
because uh, I don't think it's uh, what's her face? No, uh, Cuddy. No, Cuddy. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I, I again, I don't want to interrupt in the middle of what you're saying. Alex. No, no, no. I'm, I was, I was basically at the end anyway. So I, I really, I mean, this is a pick I can get behind. Uh, I think it's a, it, it's a, sh- it's one of these shows where it's interesting because it's very formulaic, but that's not why it's a good show. I, I, I think the mystery of the week in terms of medical diseases and figuring out for me, that's only like 10% of why I like the show. Um, it really, at a certain point, it really does become almost ridiculous how, how many of these different patients always have some obscure illness that they always misdiagnose twice and get it right mm-hmm. the third time at the nick of time. <laughs> like, okay, fine, whatever, that's fine. But it's like what you said, it's the, the performance from Hugh Laurie first and foremost is the main thing that makes this show amazing and and the supporting cast and all and it's what they go through and and how they identify with each other and how they connect and and it's it's house and his his addiction and what he goes through in that and it's his sarcasm and it's his being put into a million different weird personal situations that he works through in his own way. And it's like just seeing all the different doctors and people who come in and out of the picture and, and you know, how, how that all evolves and grows. Like I love all that stuff. So it's a show I watched from beginning to end and really enjoyed, but I realized about halfway through that it's not, it's not like some great show with a a plot line that, you know, the, the, the day-to-day show-to-show type things. It's like, okay, it's it's all beyond improbable and it's all a little bit repetitive, but it's really about what happens with, you know, the different like five to seven main characters throughout. And so, yeah, I totally back your your pick on that front. Yeah, and I mean, once they get into like the, uh, the, the bigger sweeping arcs, like when he's, you know, under investigation for malpractice and stuff like that, like uh, it's... It, it, the, there are really good stories there, but it does. It, each episode thrives on its A story, and it's 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 very. Uh, it, it can all be very self-contained. Uh, like I, I still every once in a while just have like flashbacks of like the bus crash. Oh yeah, you wow, know, just, that's a great one. Yeah, like there's just elements and pieces and times that are just like, damn, that's like some some of the uh, best moments in the bus in crash. The the building on top of the girl's legs, like. Uh, there's, there's, there's so many, like it, it would be impossible for me to rattle off like my favorite episodes because there's so many that are so good. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. Like I said, that's, uh, that's streaming on prime video as well as, uh, Peacock. John, what was your next pick? Well, I got two to go. Um, and as do I, my, my next to last pick, I've decided to pick something a little controversial. Oh, um, because I'm not even recommending the entire series, okay? Okay. I'm recommending and putting my love behind the first, I'll say, two seasons. Maybe a bit further. And there's other elements of of goodness in there. But there's just such goodness in there uh, that I've rewatched this just recently and really still absolutely loved like i said the first two seasons i got about to season four and just kind of lost interest and didn't make it through the rewatch but i'm talking about the tv show lost oh okay i thought you were going somewhere else but (laughs) no i I actually should have known that you were talking about Lost. yeah (laughs) i I thought Uh, about in my in my 
you know, controversial pick to maybe pick Game of Thrones because, you know, so many people, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> last season, they hated it, blah, blah, blah. But no, I'm going no, last. I, I, and... I, I thought you were talking about Dexter. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, Dexter, uh, again, another show I love, has ups and downs and ended poorly. I'm, I'm kind of curious about this reboot and what, what that's going to be I, like. Fucking fingers crossed, man. Yeah. Because the last like yeah. three, four seasons were just a shit show. But we're here to talk about Lost. Yes. And really, it was only the last season that I thought was horrible. Anyway, um, <laughs> for Lost, there, you know, I, I went through, I mean, I was obsessed with the show when it first came on, and it was one of the first shows to ever really do like an online arg alongside the TV show. So you had the ability to try to figure out puzzles in real time as the shows aired. You know, you got to, they would drop names to people and companies and if you googled those you could find breadcrumbs that led you to websites that led you to investigating about you know who's the secret corporation who you know like who's right. the, what's the dharma initiative and like you're just trying to figure out all these different things that are going on um but if you haven't ever seen the show you've probably heard people talk about it or reference it uh basically there's a plane crash on an island and in the midst of uh this fairly large group or cast of people trying to figure out how they're going to survive until they're rescued. Um, there's some very strange, mysterious things that start going on on this island. Um, and so at that core central premise, and, you know, when you're in the first episode, the pilot episode, you're thinking, okay, are there dinosaurs here? Like, you don't know really what's going on. Um, but this is a show that was conceived, pitched, and built around one season. Um, it was approved it was super 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 popular everything was going great but i, I think jj abrams and, and the the team damon lindelof and the people who made this were admittedly like a little bit unsure of where they wanted to take the story they had some big ideas but you know abc wanted them to you know immediately stretch us out to a 10 season run and they're like what no we only got maybe enough ideas for like three seasons and anyway um the results of that, what I'll call disorganization, starts to come through in the last couple seasons, and there's a lot of controversy about the the finale, which I don't have the same negative thoughts that other people do. Um, but they they really build a lot of mythos that they don't explain to you, and I'm also okay with that. It's okay to create a huge, mysterious, weird world and not answer everyone's questions by the end of a show. Um, and and in this case, you just the first like two seasons or so. You just have some of the best and most authentic and interesting interactions between archetypes that I've really seen in almost any show. Um, I absolutely love the conflict. I love the the, the romantic entanglements or or there or, or approximations thereby, like on levels that I just don't get uh, in other avenues. And so rewatching it i was still captivated knowing everything was happening knew all the mysteries knew everything was going on and more and yet i was just i was loving each individual slowly feeling their way out on this island trying to puzzle out you know not only what's going on and will i survive but like who am i you know everybody goes <laughs> through these like just revelatory um times and episodes where they're trying to you know just they're the very core of who they are is is tested and, and in question and this show is one that one of very few in existence that uses flashbacks 
in a way that I find to not be horrific and horrible and dumb. Um, now, <laughs> they stretch these flashbacks and, and, and other things later on in, in future seasons, but in the first couple seasons, it's just a great way to not just show you who these people were in the past, but to tie to relevant plot lines going on in the island that just very well done, surprisingly. So there's so much that happened in Lost that I loved, and I I was just shocked, you know, just what, maybe a year and a half, one to two years ago, I can't remember when I, I was, you know, rewatching this, and, and those first two seasons still just absolutely loved them. I was totally into it. So I just thought I'd throw that on here because it was just top of mind for one reason or another, and uh, yeah, I can still back that up and say it's totally worth it. So Lost is one that I watched uh, one and a half episodes of and then put it down and said, I cannot watch this. <laughs> and I don't really know why. Like, Well, hey, I, I, I if you were not captured, down, yeah, if you were not enthralled in the first couple episodes, this isn't like some shows where it's slow going and you eventually it picks up and you get into it. This is when I feel like if you're not really into it in the first couple episodes, you're just not going to be. I'm I'm going to give it one more shot because I feel like it probably deserves it. But I just, I don't know. I Like my, the only vivid memories that I have are of the dude getting sucked into the engine. Right Spoilers. In the first like two minutes of the show. And uh the, the the one guy finding the pilot and and I, I i don't even remember what happened to him like if he killed him or if he just let him die or whatever uh but i just i don't know i don't know why lost didn't grip me it has all the elements that i should want to watch but i don't know it just didn't it, it didn't take the boxes for me for some reason well, it's it's also on Hulu, so that's one that if you if you get, you know if you can get through my first three or four suggestions and still want something <laughs> to check out, um, no, like if if anyone out there has an interest in Lost, whether you want to rewatch it or you've never watched it before, uh, I'm definitely all about again partnering up with you or you know helping lead you through the mess that uh, is generated through that show. I, I've thought at least three or four times about seriously developing some sort of podcast around going back and trying to decipher uh, some of the mess that happens throughout later seasons of the show. By all means, I still enjoyed it, but it does get a little bit hectic and, and crazy and hard to parse. It really digs into some strange uh, sci-fi territory that makes it a little bit hard to follow at times later on. I would probably sit down and watch it with you. Yeah, um, that's an interesting thing. But speaking of things that are interesting, yeah, my next one's pretty interesting. Uh, it's streaming on HBO Max, uh, and, and it's it's one that I've I've probably watched this th- all the way through once, and almost all the way through a second time, uh, with 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 few exceptions. I, I think I I think I got to. Uh, the last season on my my most recent watch, and uh, I, I I put it down for whatever reason. Uh, it's The Sopranos, uh, which ran nineteen ninety nine to two thousand seven. Uh, everybody knows The Sopranos. Like I I shouldn't need to talk this up, but I'm gonna a little bit. Every every character uh, makes this show worth watching, from Tony to Carmela to. Uh, Dr. Melfi to Christopher to Uncle Junior to everybody. Um, 
they just they all are are incredible characters. The story arcs are fantastic. Uh, the ending, eh, but you know, not every show is perfect. Uh, most shows aren't perfect, but it's, uh, I don't even need to expound on it for that long. It's just the Sopranos is a great fucking show. Go watch it. Speaking of how perfect the Sopranos, uh, is as a show. That's the one I picked for my, no, I'm just kidding. I did not pick. <laughs> I've never seen the Sopranos. Really? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Um, well, it may well, not it's not that, uh, that's not that surprising. You're not a, a huge yeah. into mobster stuff, so it's not like yeah. it's, it, and, it's and, a far stretch to think that, oh, John wouldn't watch The Sopranos. So and, and see, like, what happened also is that I was queuing up shows that, like, quote-unquote, everybody says are amazing and great and kind of watching them, and I got a little burned out after going through Breaking Bad because... Uh, I I make no apologies for saying it's not the best show ever made, even though a lot of people think it is. It's it's perfectly okay, but after all the hype and all all expectation and just wondering where that show would go and, and like all the emotional energy I put into you know just watching you know the shows and I, I yes I I binged them all like I don't know how many was it six seasons I can't remember Breaking Bad oh no it was five seasons the second okay. season was or the fifth season I should sorry was split in two. But yeah, it was five yeah. seasons. So like I watched it all in a couple of months, you know, really condensed. And and like I said, there's some some good things, some great things in there. But overall, I just go, eh, yeah, I was pretty good, but not as amazing as everyone said. And then that that kind of killed the momentum for a show like Sopranos, where I already, like you said, I, it's not like my most favorite genre. Once you get, you know, past like the Untouchables or other movies where I love, you know, stuff like that. But like. <laughs> So it just, I, I never got into it, but it's so heavily referenced. It's such a part of the culture, uh, a part of, you know, the, the zeitgeist uh, of a certain era of type of, of show. And it's like, I almost feel like I'm, I'm going to watch it one of these days. And I just never have. I don't know if I ever will, but I clearly it's, it's beloved by many, many, many people. Including myself. Including um, yourself. I, I do want to make one quick note. Uh, everything you said about Breaking Bad is wrong. Oh. Uh, Breaking Bad is an incredible show, huh. and uh, it, the the entire story is fantastic and flawless. And uh, huh. do not huh. cast aspersions on huh. Breaking Bad. Well, You're welcome. Well, well, how about that? Well, how about how, how about that? We're a little a little a little, <laughs> little disagreement, a little a little boxing match going on here. Uh, because of course you're always wrong, and every time we disagree about something, and you think you're not wrong, then you are. But we don't. We we can make that a, a, a its own. <laughs> we, we can make a podcast just about times that john thinks i'm wrong when i'm not well actually, uh, we don't have that much time um <laughs> so yeah breaking bad as anthony said not that great but that's not one of either of our shows so we don't get to talk or defend it anymore because it's, unless you change out your last show unless this was the last pick of yours no it was not my last pick well of then one it's more done show. and it's breaking bad no it's not <laughs> So my final show, I kind of I'm bookending and coming back to um, a show much like Avatar: The Last Airbender that kind of defied my expectations, and is a show that on the surface is really looks like a nonsensical kids' TV show. Uh, it's something that I don't even remember how I discovered it, and I I just remember watching it for a little while. It has very short episodes, and at some point there was an episode 
you know, again, this little kid show that like all of a sudden, like some of the main characters are dealing with like, you know, demonic possession and uh, I know what this is. I was trying to figure it out, and then I, I realized what you what what, yeah. what your pick was, and it's an and excellent then, pick. And and you have you have so many different layers of like parental relationships, parental abandonment, um, woven into stories of, of the future of artificial intelligence of of what does it mean to be alive, um, and then it's also total goofy mindless nonsense that is just a delight and really lets you just escape and lately in the last year and a half it's a show i've i've just popped on here and there whenever i felt like i just needed you know 11 minutes of a distraction to just lighten my mood and make me feel good uh and that show is adventure time adventure time is so great i love so much about it uh, especially the voice acting, like John DiMaggio yeah. is one of my favorite voice actors ever, and he he did he does such a good job, and so does everybody else, and I I absolutely just love this show. Like, there's just there's so much storytelling, so much going on. I actually got uh, as a gift once I got like the Enchiridion. Um, oh wow! And it, it's a fun book that like if you read it in one direction it's actually a, a warrior a book a guidebook to being a warrior and if you flip it upside down and backwards it's like the hidden story of adventure time um and it gets more into you know the background of how, how they developed a lot of the different ideas and theories and characters and and about the world and the past and you know it's because the the land of Ooh is like this alternate future version of earth after like things melt down and whether it's nuclear fallout or you know just the world being poisoned and destroyed and then it it doesn't die but it rebirths in these fantastical crazy ways that is like somewhere between toxic avenger and you know like weird candy based life forms and it's <laughs> there's so much going on um and, and like the the main characters sentient video games <laughs> you have finn the human and jake the dog which are a great duo in, in all respects, but they also are surrounded by one of the most interesting, fascinating uh, number of like side characters who even the smallest people, everyone from like, you know, the Earl of Lemon Grab uh, to like Marceline, <laughs> the vampire to Prismo to like Olympia space princess. Um, Bemo is uh, amazing. So like, I just and and Ice King learning the Ice King's true history oh, and story man. was just that amazing. is an, that that's one of my favorite like sub stories of the entire series and like and I, and I just love you have these you can watch and look and 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 like each min, there's many arcs throughout it and it's just so amazing that it's that there's so much to it. Peppermint Butler, uh, who, <laughs> like there's like even the characters that who look the most harmless and have nothing to do with anything. All of a sudden, after like 60 episodes, you learn that they're, you know, a big deal or, you know, whatever it is that like it's inventing itself and reinventing itself constantly. And really it's just, it's that it could be, have so many of these different things going on. It could be so deep. Um, it can really, make you think if you don't 
allow yourself to become biased against it because it is a lot of nonsense. But then again, isn't life just nonsense? Sure you know, is. so it's like when life sucks and people suck and you hate everything and you're just like, fuck, I just hate the way this world is. This level of absurdity, this level of refreshing honesty in the form of just a, a silly, dumb kid's show reflects back both the good and the bad. Like it really opens up these ideas of what it's like to have friendship and what it's like to look for ways to deal with, you know, a world that just is horrible. And sometimes you're going to be altruistic and try to be the hero and try to do the right thing. And it's going to just fall apart and kick you in the ass. And that's just life. Sometimes it just isn't fair. And then other times you just, you bypass all your expectations and you end up on top and you are the hero and you are the person who at the end of the day, the sun sets and you just enjoy life. So it's like all of these emotions, all these things are bottled into this, you know, nine season long show with, you know, just hundreds of episodes that are short little 11 minute vignettes. Um, and yet they weave together this tapestry. That's just one of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, hard agree on, on all of that. And, and even to, to go a step further, like there's so many heartwarming moments. Like I, I watched through this with my son uh, mm. from beginning to end. And there's so many heartwarming moments and so many, uh, so many great uh, stories that they tell and, and connections that they make to, to different characters at different points in their lives and, and, and what things mean to them. And, and it really, it, it, it's, th this is escapism at, at its finest because you, you get to go away into this, this fantasy world of, of this, this distant future that is, is, by all accounts, like nonsense, garbage, but it, it, there there are so many pieces to it that just work. Like it, it all just makes sense. And and it's you're right. Like when you're feeling shitty, when you're having a, a fucking terrible time, sitting down and watching just an episode of this is cathartic, and yeah. and 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 is. It, it allows you to escape. It allows you to to clear your head a little bit and to have a little bit of fun, and and that's nice. Like it's nice to just have that. And I I absolutely a hundred percent endorse uh, your choice here. Well, where is this yeah. one streaming? You know, it's funny because for a while it wasn't available anywhere legal that I knew of. Yeah, because um, I remember then, watching it on Hulu. So yeah, it's back. It's back on Hulu and it's on HBO. Um, oh, cool. Like there was a, a while, a while back, like right around when the last couple seasons were airing, when it just disappeared off of streaming services and that bummed me out. And then just in the last year or two, I noticed it popped back up and was on HBO. And then just like fairly recently, it's on Hulu as well. So you got a lot of options. Um, you, you can't go wrong, but don't let it scare you off if you watch a couple episodes and you go, this is just dumb this is nonsense it is but embrace it and it develops and clarifies and becomes more meaningful over time yeah uh I completely agree with that uh my final pick uh for tonight's episode or this week's episode for this week's episode is uh streaming on netflix right now it's so goddamn funny it's shit's creek <laughs> uh the the so this was developed by uh uh, by Eugene and David Levy, 
uh, or sorry, uh, Dan Levy. <laughs> David is his character's name on the show. Uh, about a family that a very rich family that like they 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 have a fortune from video stores that they had, uh, and they lost it all because of their accountant, and so they're they're relegated to this town that they own uh, called Shits Creek, and it's the story of how they cope with losing everything and what they do to get themselves back to to you know where they want to be and, and the growth and the the love and the 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 different uh scenarios that they find themselves in like it's just so fucking good uh the 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 levy family it because it's it's eugene it's dan levy and then it's also uh sarah levy uh dan's sister uh, Eugene's daughter, all they're all in this show in, in various parts. They're all so fucking brilliant and talented. Like they're so funny. Uh they 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 have this legacy of of hilarity and then having uh Catherine O'Hara in it and uh Chris uh Chris Elliott. Uh it, it's just it, it's it's so fun. And it, this is an easy watch too. They're half hour episodes it's six seasons of six episodes each. Uh, I think six episodes each. Uh, it, but it's it's a quick watch. My wife and I were actually really disappointed that it got that we got through it so quickly. And this is one we just picked up in like May, and she's already watched through it like three times. So <laughs> and and I've I've watched through. I'm on my second watch through right now, just because we have so many other things that we watch. Uh, but it's there's there's so much. That, that you don't catch in the first watch through that you get in the second watch through like Alexis, who's the daughter in, in, in the show is she's, she's so much like she's, <laughs> she's this, this person who's just insanely, uh, she, she, she's a wild child and, but she's very selfish and to, to watch her evolve from the, like who she is to who she becomes is, that's that in and of itself is a satisfying uh watch through but all of it is just wonderful it's 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 a beautiful show it's wonderfully done i can't say enough nice things about it it's a show that i actually with the sopranos i'm okay with the fact that i haven't watched it but with shit's creek i've i've watched like the first two seasons and honestly it just there were have been so many other things that I've been watching. It just kind of somehow, don't ask me how, but somehow there was a break in the watching. We were watching other things, and then it just kind of just kind of sat back, and I didn't get back into it. But not from lack of being an entertaining show that I was really into. I, I, I really just from the beginning, I thought it was uh, great, and that I really enjoyed it. But I know we're we're pushing up against the time barriers of time and space, but I got to tell you one quick little tidbit about Shit's Creek and myself is that, <laughs> and, and this can give you some time frames for how uh, innocent I was in life, uh, <laughs> so to speak. But the this is the first TV show that a person tried to get me to watch the very first time I was ever high. Oh, really? And I was so annoyed with it. <laughs> but you have to imagine someone who has never been high before being very high and then trying to follow this insane premise. And I didn't know about the, the you know, 
time distorting effects of you know uh, uh, of smoking uh, pot and so I was like are we still on the first episode why what why this isn't funny like what's ha- like how is this funny they're just jerks this isn't funny they're mean people and like I was like I really just railed against it and it was just funny because I mean it was all obviously because my state of mind was it was altered but you know it took me uh, a couple of years to circle back and, and begin watching it again because I was just so so like annoyed <laughs> with that like first two episodes that I attempted to watch you know back when uh yeah anyway that's hilarious though that's <laughs> I, I have sure. a, I have a similar like irritation uh I had a similar irritation experience with my first time uh smoking pot so uh but no the, the so we'll my at my actual first time starting this, I only got through the first season, and then I I stopped it mostly because I wanted my wife to watch it with me, and she was in the middle of watching something else. So we like we, we put it off for like six months or or nine months or something like that, uh, before we actually sat down and watched it, and then we were like, man, why did we wait so long? Because it's so it, it was so good and it was so enjoyable and something that has like now permeated our lives like she she buys like she has two t-shirts for rose apothecary <laughs> which is a store in the show and she bought like alexis and david funko pops and uh and and there, there's just so many great uh great connections that we made with it and and if you if you have time sit down and watch it again i i really think it's it's worth uh watching all the way through uh that's our show, everybody. Did we get through all yours, John? We got through all of them. All right, then that is our show, everyone. Thanks <laughs> for listening to us each and every week as we just another another favorite from our past. We have new episodes every Monday, so come and check us out on Apple and Stitcher and Spotify and Google Podcasts and tmdpod.com. We, are, we have our episodes there, too. So come and hang out with us there. Uh, tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell a stranger. Tell strangers about us. Just start yelling at strangers on the street. Hey, good advice. Go listen to the Memory Distillery. Solid. TMDpod.com. John. And if if you don't want to go that far, um, just tell people that they're missing out on uh, this band called Semaphore. Uh, their song "Destroying the Evidence" is featured in our podcast. Uh, they're really worth checking out. Um, one of the things we love personally on our end of, uh, of the spectrum is when we get a chance to hear back from all of you. Uh, whether that's on our Facebook page, uh, just search for the Memory Distillery. That's us. Uh, you can email us at thememorydistillery at gmail.com. Uh, there's a plethora of ways to to reach us. But what I want to know, what we want to know uh, is, first of all, do you, do you want to hear more of us talk about TV shows and reminiscing and getting into some stories? Because this was high level shit. This was just thrown out there some of our favorites yeah we have the potential to go hard and deep and this sounding really dirty no that's what she said yeah we could get more in depth and really decipher what we have witnessed in the past and get into things if that's something you all want or if you really prefer we kind of stick with more of the movie format that's that's what we originally we came to that conclusion on our own anyway so all these things are possible. We're always fluid and willing to try new things. Um, and we, we got the second season of Tiger King coming out, so that's got to be on our our. Queue. That's that's going to be uh, that's going to be <laughs> one for the ages, I guarantee. 
Yeah. So like, there's always something going on. So just uh, tell us what you're thinking, you know, what, what you think would be great to see from us in the future. And we, we'd love to work on incorporating your guys' uh, opinion uh, into what it is that what we do. Um, but we're, we're always happy to be here and to throw out different ideas and spend some time just discussing uh, our the movies, TV shows, things that we love and, and how our past has caught up with us and how we see things differently in that way. Um, we're always here for you, and thanks for listening. I'm John Deck. And I'm Anthony Verneri, and this has been the Memory Distillery.